Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Strength Agenda is proud to present the season finale, episode 20 of Strength Agenda Radio, featuring Sin Martinez from Afro Brutality and part two of our interview we started with him last week, so sit back and enjoy. This is Strength Agenda Radio, the podcast where the strong go to get smarter. Each episode features some of the most interesting athletes and coaches in the strength world, sharing their favorite stories, expertise, biggest mistakes, and training tips. And now, here's your host, Tom Soroka. Well, boys and girls, it's finally here, the season finale of our second season of Strength Agenda Radio, and I wanted to take a minute to thank each and every one of you who has left a comment, asked a question for our top-of-the-show discussions, or simply said, hey, I really like that episode. Um, This project would not be a thing without your support and feedback, and it's much appreciated. I'd also like to take a second and thank our sponsors for Season 2, Hand Armor Chalk and Health IQ. Tony and Hand Armor have been with us from the start, and between them and Health IQ, their belief in this project is what makes it, you know, what it is and keeps us motivated to deliver the best product we can. And lastly, uh, if you don't know, now you do, but y'all need to go find my wife on Facebook, Beth Soroka, uh, find her on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and send her the biggest thank you. Without her, this podcast would not even be a third as good as it is. Um, you know, she gives me direction on where to push the episodes, um, gets me to do things that are sometimes a little bit outside of my comfort zone in terms of topics of discussion. She does the editing. She cleans up all the audio and my annoying noises that I make. She, you know, writes out the titles, the descriptions, and presents this podcast in that neat little package you get every Tuesday. So without her behind the scenes killing it, it'd be, you know, me just being some loud mouth yelling into a mic with music playing in the background or something like that. So go give her a shout out when you have a chance to. On the top of the show for today, this question is perfect. This is actually one of the first questions I got for the on top of the show discussions, but it's perfect in every sense of the word for today's episode. Um, listener, you know, asks, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. How do I learn everything I possibly can to be prepared for a career in the iron game? Um, first off, good on you, dude. Um, I, I'm always stoked when I hear about young people that are still wanting to get into coaching or strength and conditioning or something of the sorts, because there are days, you know, when I'm interacting with people, I kind of get worried that this field is kind of dying and, um, social media and other, you know, things, uh, um, um, not necessarily CrossFit, but all these little like chains of fitness and stuff like that are kind of killing the market. So it really makes me excited when I hear that there are still plenty of young people that want to get into strength and conditioning per se. Um, Second off, you're never going to be fully prepared. Um, The beauty of a career like this is that you are going to always be learning. It doesn't matter when you get in it, um, what experiences you have once you start or anything along those lines, you are always going to be learning. Um, The kids that you're going to be working with are different now than they were 10 years ago than they were 15 years ago. And the technology that you're going to use to train and recruit and interact with these kids is 10 times different. The methods available, um, while at the root, they're all pretty much the same or they have the same underlying concepts, they've expanded and there's so many variations of these methods available to us coaches um, that you, you know, there's just... There's not enough time in a lifetime to sit there and pick and choose and be able to decipher each and every one of them. Um, the, the great thing about this profession is that there are so many ways to get the job done, and there really is no wrong way. It's just a matter of finding what works for you and your crew and putting your own twist on it. Um, the other thing that you can't forget is that you need to forever be a student. Even though I'm not working in a college weight, weight room, um, and, and I think that's where more of this question is, is pushing, um, but there, there's not a day that I'm not learning from someone on how to, you know, 
make my product better. Um, this podcast is a great example of that. Yes, I get to talk to a lot of my friends and connections I've made in the strength and conditioning world, but every episode I'm also getting to learn how they do things, see how they do things, and in some, you know, you know, if I, I try to dissect their entire process and see if there's little pieces I can take from that process and add to mine. And if you are in the strength and conditioning world, that is essentially what you are doing. You are always trying to learn. You're trying to take what other people are doing, um, find the parts that work for you, and add it to your collection. Now, you know, I'm not a, I'm kind of a, a newbie in the in the coaching world because I'm less than ten years experience. I've only been doing this um for eight years, and you know, there's I. I one thing that, you know, was said to me when I first graduated that I think rings true today is that then, you know, there's never going to be a day where you have it all figured out. Um, and, and in, in that regard, you should not shut out anybody else's opinion. Um, I mean, there are days where I'm in the gym and, you know, I, I learned something, I learned more from my lifters in a day than I think they learned from me. You know, you're, you just always be a student, plain and simple. Um, you know, and to help with that learning, you know, read every article and book you can get your hands on. YouTube is a great source. There's tons of free information through various reputable websites on, you know, all sorts of training methods and ways to do uh, recovery and, and warm-ups and everything that you could possibly think of. Um, attend, uh, you know, every reputable seminar and certification that you can. Notice I said reputable and not some clown that is asking you to pay $250 to watch him lift and clap on cue for him, okay? There's a big difference there. Um, Sorenex runs a great certification, or not certification, I'm sorry, uh, they run a great workshop. Summer Strong is coming up. Tons of uh, great minds in the strength and conditioning field that you can go listen to. Um, all these different certifications that can kind of help you add tools to your arsenal. Um, just there's plenty out there. Try to find some that fit what you want to do and attend them as often as you possibly can. Um, you know, Message a coach that you respect and ask them a question about why they do something. Or, you know, I had a friend that's done this and I've done this before. Take a road trip out to that person. Ask to shadow them for a day or a couple days or something like that. And just let them know that, you know, you're there because you admire what they do and you want to learn from them. And, you know, offer to buy them lunch or dinner or something just to pick their brain. Um, you'd be surprised. Like I've gotten, sometimes I've gotten more out of a casual conversation with a peer than any formal arrangement or, you know, a set meeting simply because it's just two professionals just sitting talking about their passion. And sometimes the best ideas and topics come out of that, you know, that passion talk. And, you know, it gets them, you kind of get the inside scoop of what gets them going. Um, and you know, after all, like that's what this is all about. So if being a strength coach is your goal, you need to learn. Learn from every article, book, YouTube video, workshop, and most importantly, the people you look up to directly. The minute you have things figured out and know everything is the minute you couldn't be further from the truth. You can learn just as much from bad examples as you can good examples, so keep your ears and eyes open and always look for the next addition to your arsenal. Now let's get the show on the road, so give me two claps and a Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Alright boys and girls, this might not come as a surprise to you, but I'm a bigger guy. And I have been for years. I remember the first time I had to take one of those medical exams to get life insurance. I scored horribly. Not because I wasn't healthy or fit, but because traditional insurance companies evaluate your health on an outdated standard called the BMI. Newsflash, that's not a great indicator of health for somebody who lifts weights or works out on a regular basis. So I've partnered up with Health IQ because I 100% believe in what they're doing. Rather than going the traditional route, Health IQ is a life insurance agency that offers exclusive rates to those that can demonstrate they know what a healthy lifestyle is and prove it through various methods like their Health IQ quiz, data from your fitness apps, and other unique ways. 
The advantage of working with Health IQ is that their unique mortality model is based on ensuring the health conscious and they have lower rates for health conscious people, like a good driver gets on savings with auto insurance, and unique underwriting, replacing the BMI with waist to hip ratio, cholesterol calculations, and other methods. Stop paying more than you need to, or worse, avoid getting life insurance altogether because you're afraid you won't qualify for great rates. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, and that can be you too. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com agenda, or mention the promo code agenda when you talk to a Health IQ agent. According to studies, lifting reduces your risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes, among other benefits, like, you know, having awesome videos to post on Instagram. But Instagram views and followers won't be able to help you save money on your life insurance. So head on over to healthiq.com to learn more and get your free quote today. Hey guys, producer Beth here. As Tom mentioned, this is the final episode of season two. We'll be taking a short break, but we anticipate coming back on June 26th for season three with all new guests and some of your returning favorites. The episodes will be up and ready just in time for your summer road trip podcast binges, and we will see you then. Now, here's part two, Sin Martinez of Acker Brutality. This is the one I really can't wait to hear your thoughts, views, words of wisdom on social media. Um, you've got an interesting way of going about it. And I think it's effective. Um, I wish more people followed your way of doing social media and all that stuff. Um, so first and foremost, how did you get to your approach? Like what did you see in the market that you were able to use social media to kind of, you know, keep projecting your message? Like you were talking about being like a local hero and all that stuff. So what did you, what, how did you use social media to your advantage or how do you use social media that's a, to your advantage? That's a great question. So it took me a long time to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I spent years with Facebook. That's where I started. Yeah. I and I, I started trying to, Hey, let me figure out who thinks like me or does the same workouts I do or that sort of thing. So it was easy. I had pictures with me and Greg Glassman. So I put that as my profile picture, and then I friended people who had the same uh, similar contacts as me. And then from there, I just started creating a voice. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm doing. Hey, we're in Harlem. This is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing. Hey, I'm in Harlem. This is what we're doing. And at that time, that was revolutionary. No one was really doing that. Yeah. You know, I had Kendrick Ferris back in 2010. And uh, we've reconnected, and we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff together. But awesome. back in 2010, I was telling him, send me a lifting video, a, a video of you lifting every day. Just one. Oh, all right. So he would send me like seven, and then I could, you know, periodically start posting them. But talking to him recently, he's like, Sin, you are so ahead of the game. I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I understood human consumption. Like, that's the whole part of marketing and promoting and all that is you start understanding the human psyche. Yeah. And I understood the human psyche from a CrossFit point of view because I knew what it took to go in that gym every day and do these workouts that were going to level you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It takes a different type of mentality. So back in 2010, I, was, I understood that people wanted to see people working out and doing amazing things. For sure. And that hasn't stopped. But no. – for me, I am not a self-gratifier. Like, it took me years to create my own personal page because 
who gives a fuck about me? Like, it's yeah. about, you know, you and helping other people in the community or helping people, other individuals, period. So I had to figure out a way, what can keep me consistent in posting and what can I post that could make a difference in another person's day? Right. So it took me a long time. It was weightlifting videos for a while. And then it was like, you know, certain things I was trying to encourage people to do. And then it was like, hey, I, I made this new design. Do you want it? You know, then I just settled on. Let me create words that's going to help people right. every day, help someone else other than me every day. And I just stayed there. And yeah. then from there, it just was like, how do I tailor it so that I'm creating the same message, just saying it in different ways at different times. And then there's times I go on one theme. Like for a while I was on the fuck everybody. Like yeah. fuck you. And that was really coming from the headspace of I just closed my gym and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I created this community. I've been doing this for six, seven years and uh no one's even saying, Hey Sin, how are you today? After Seven years of asking hundreds of people every day, how was your day today? Yeah, yeah, how yeah. was that workout? You feel better? Oh, I feel great, Sin. Thank you. Th you know, after years of doing that, and then I closed my gym, and no one's like, Sin, how are you today? Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, after seven years of giving blood, sweat, tears, you know, brain cells to this community, quote unquote, and then I close it, and no one's reaching out to see how I'm doing. Fuck it. Fuck everybody. Right. And then I kind of I did that to have a clean slate mentally so yeah. that I didn't get upset with anyone. So I was over all the emotional stress of, you know, releasing the gym, because when you're dealing with hundreds of people every day for several years, yeah. it can take a toll on you. You know what I mean? Like now it's like, what do you do? It's like having played football for 10 years and now you, you're not playing anymore. Like, right. what's your next move? You know, so. I went from glorifying the people in my gym and kind of glorifying my message so that other people could relate to it to saying, fuck all, fuck me and, you know, lifting weights and all that other stupid shit because everyone's doing that. Let me right. figure out how to help people, right. um, individuals and not gym owners and people that go to the gym, just anyone. Right. So right. it took me a while to kind of shake the fitness enthusiasts off my page and try to get normal people to start doing that. And then once I did that, you know, I started getting some heavy hitters in terms of fitness influencers and they're reposting my stuff and they're following me because yeah. they're, they're feeling the vibe Absolutely. and I'm with it. So right. it took years to figure out that I had to be true to myself and being true to myself is helping others and not necessarily helping others in my name, but just helping others in a name Mm -hmm. So that they can carry on for that day or that hour, that week, that month or whatever it is they're going through. And yeah, yeah. a lot of it reflects what I'm going through. And then it's kind of like, I know this is going to help someone today. So I've always put stuff out every day to because I know this is going to help someone else because Absolutely. I went through that. And if someone had told me that shit when I needed it, it would have helped me. For sure. So this is probably going to be my funnest question. This is the question I've been looking forward to the entire time. We'll start with the bad, then we'll go to the good. How has social media negatively affected, whether it's the fitness community, the market in general? Oh, Let's talk about the negative first, <clears throat> then we'll go the other way. Okay, well. This is what, I was, I, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. Man, this Just is a serious it question. <laughs> well, it's over-glorified, you know, 
tits and ass and people that look good and all that. And it's under glorified the whole reason why we're working out, which is just to stay healthy right. and to have a longer life. So it's, you know, I've, I even said this the other day, like, you know, it's Beyonce's great, but we'd have 20 Beyonce's if it wasn't for video. Right. We'd have chicks that could actually sing her under the fucking table if it wasn't for the fact that we're so integrated to how people look. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So in fitness, there's so much great information out there. There's so many great trainers out there, but they don't fit the stigma or they're overweight or, uh, you know, they don't look that great on video or they don't sound that great in person or whatever. So there's a lot of good methodology that's not even getting out there to the people, to the general public, because of the way the guy looks or, or, the, or how he talks. As I say, or there's people who have been doing a certain method or practice for a long period of time, but because somebody with abs or a follower right. talks about now it. Now that person's getting yeah. the credibility that exactly. the, other, the other guy started this whole fucking thing, and because he doesn't have abs and because he doesn't have yep. 100,000 followers, he's getting no notoriety for it. Absolutely, yep. dude. I can tell you story after story, dude, of your Dan Bailey's, where he started, what Jimmy started in, and does he still go there? And how did that affect him? Or the Austin Maliolos, where where did he start before he became a CrossFit star? Yeah. And does he still go there? Like, there's all these stories of where these CrossFit athletes were, where they started. What gym did they start at? And do they even talk to those gyms anymore? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's created such an ego thing in terms of social media. Chicks I know. That, you know, they got some breast augmentation, they, you know, did their nose, they did this, they did that, and now they're super popular. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, or you got chicks that are super popular, now they're a nutritionist, or now they're, uh, they're like, what? Yeah. What, oh are, we, what yeah. are we talking about right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, and I've always pushed, like, if you, if you don't, if you haven't gone through that, don't fucking coach it. Right. Like, I've, I've been a big guy twice. Like, I've lost over 100 pounds twice. Yes. So I think I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty inundated on how to lose weight. Yes. Like, I think I got that. But like, you get some guy with a six-pack or 12-pack, and now he's fucking coaching the world on how to lose weight when this motherfucker has never been overweight for an hour? Right. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. That, that, was, my, that was my big thing was um, from the start when I started coaching people, uh, it was always I'm never going to do something – or I'm never going to have my athletes do something that I'm not either willing to A, try out myself first, or mm -hmm. B, I haven't done. And that was the thing is like when I first started, they're like, well, how come you don't program, you know, Metcons for CrossFit? Because at the time, I was a fat weightlifter. I had no fucking clue how to teach you how to be fit. Like I had right. no clue at all. So I said, why would I try to pretend to be something I'm not? When I started doing the remote coaching, they're like, well, do you work with CrossFitters? I'm like, I can make you stronger. I said, I can't teach you how to get better at handstand push-ups, muscle-ups, et cetera. I can get you stronger. And then it was the same thing with the nutrition stuff. The first time I had dropped weight um, from being, you know, 330 pounds down to about like 250 to get ready for grit, people were like, you're going to tell people how you did it? I was like, I had a coach. I just did what they told me to do. And then, like go. I said, the second time I got back up to about 280, 290. And now, I'm, you know, I'm I, I, I had to compete in a weight class for the first time in my life at like 275. And that's not a huge drop. 
But right. to kind of, like you said, learn the nuances. Okay, this worked. I put on a little weight after I did this, like watching sodium and all these different little things that I never paid attention to before, like increasing fiber, et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get my precision nutrition and I'm going to start helping people. I have done it enough times. I've taken the time to learn the nuances to help people out with the nutrition side of things. And that's one thing I'm, I'm really glad you said that because you see the Insta coach. That is literally oh, like, dude, I can't handle I, it. They used to I, be the Facebook coach. Now yeah. it's the Instagram well, coach. The, the Instagram coaches. I will do this. Like if somebody posts that I am offering this, I will go back as far back as I can on their profile and see, I'm like, okay, where did they come from? And if it looks mm. exactly like it did in the present day, I'm like, I'm sorry. No, thank you. Like I right. like, I'm like, there is no reason. There's no way you should be helping other people because you like, you might have had, you know, improvements in your overall fitness, strength, et cetera, but especially on the nutrition side, like you said, if you've always had abs, you've always been skinny, it is going to be very hard for you to relate with somebody that has a hard time getting just 10 pounds off. Exactly. And so I'm really glad you said that, but moving forward, how, how, so, how, I how, mean, how else? I want to, I want to, I don't want to stay negative. Let me think of, I can think of something positive. Well, like, that's the next question. The next question that, is that's how- a hard one, dude. Like positively I, it's gotten more people to want to work out for sure. And it's been huge for the ladies. Yes. Like you hear less now. Hey, I don't, I don't want to look like a man. I just want to be tone. I don't want to yeah. be bulk. You hear that less now. Absolutely. Because there's chicks out there in the multitudes that are working out, lifting heavy weights, and they look just as sexy as any runway model. In right. some cases, sexier, in my yep. opinion. So I agree. it's definitely helped women because they're very visual, mm-hmm. and they want to see, oh, so-and-so's been working out or doing CrossFit for years. She's got great abs, but she doesn't look like a man. Like you know, So it's helped in that way right. for women, big time. And it's also helped in terms of keeping people interested in working out there's so many different you know modalities or different types of workouts that are out there and people are really kind of doing that research and figuring out what works for them so it's helped in the fact that it's got people interested in more people interested in working out more people trying workouts even if it's to post a selfie even if it's that dumb shit oh look at my fucking ab like yeah, it's 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 it can get fucking tiring to see the same selfies and uh, thousands of them every day. But at the same time, it's how they're staying motivated. It's how Absolutely. they're motivating them. So it it may not, you know, be for me or for everyone. But it's it's got chicks in the gym. It's keeping them in the gym. You hear less about them not wanting to work out because they don't want to get it look like a man. You know, so it it's helped in that area for right. sure. The other, sure. the other thing that I personally have benefited greatly from social media is the information sharing <clears throat> that is going on. You know, when I was in college, if I wanted to learn about something, it was I had to try to find as many articles as I could on the subject matter, whether it was Elite FTS or Bodybuilding.com or any of the other like forum type deals out there. There wasn't a, a, a way to instantly connect with a coach or an athlete or somebody doing something and say, hey, why are you doing that kind of a deal? And for me personally, I think that's one way social media has greatly affected the, the, the community in a positive way is yeah. uh, you're able to share, you, you get ideas. Like I am constantly, like if I see somebody doing a workout, I'll, I'll write it down and be like, that's a good idea. Um, yeah. but, but on the other end, 
slightly negative with that is, is you get people that are sharing and spreading things. Um, I actually, I saw it's a, it's a, a powerlifting coach. I believe he posts these things and it's a, he posted a picture of a, a car running over a, a thing of toothpaste and the caption pretty much read like mm. take, taking, taking a simple exercise and finding the most, you know, extreme way to get the same effective dose out of it. Kind of a deal. Right. And, and that's, I think, the flip side of all this information share is you get people that will take a simple movement, like just to work, you know, your quads or shoulders or whatever. Right. And they come up with the most, like, idiotic there's way. A, yeah, there's a lot of stupid shit out there, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, and there's people promoting that stupid shit. Like, I don't know, dude. I'm, I've always been a real range of motion kind of guy. Like, For sure. And you see these basketball players and these football players with this these fucked up range of motions, and it's like, fuck, man, you're making a hundred million dollars, really? Yeah, you're making thirty million dollars, and you can't do a proper fucking push up, really, my dude. My favorite, I think, it, I can't remember if it was LeBron or Dwayne Wade. Somebody posted a video of them doing um, cleans with two hundred five, and I was just like, it must have been the worst thing. Oh, I've it was it was horrendous, and I almost wanted to yeah. reach out, so, especially somebody like LeBron. Who yeah. like was like you know in high school and you know touted as like he could play go to the he can go pro in any sport he pretty much wanted to right and it's like I almost wanted to like message and be like can I can I just coach you for like an hour like I just dude that, I've tried that, to yeah I'm I remember like, one time the the New York Jets showed up to uh, my gym yeah and it was during the strike so it was like 2010 yeah yeah and let me tell you man the rookies are all about it but those veterans. Pfft, they yeah. don't want to hear nothing, dude. That's they are funny. literally you just babysitting them. That's you're funny. not you're not necessarily teaching them shit, dude. You're that, just trying to keep them healthy. Because yeah. here's the thing, and that, I heard this from you know strength and conditioning coaches. They're like, listen, if I tell this guy to do more than whatever, if I'm the guy that was coaching him when he fucking tore something in the gym, I'm I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm fucked. You're fired. So these guys, exactly, these guys are walking around on eggshells, you know, pretty much just babysitting and, oh, hey, you, you want to do this? Okay. And if they don't want to do it, they're not fucking pushing them to do shit, dude. That's insane. They're saving their jobs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean. And uh, you, in you, some you, ways, I hear that, dude. Like, yeah. you don't want to be the guy that made LeBron do, uh, you know, 225 clean and now he fucked his wrist up or some shit. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like. You kind of need to just babysit. Hey, be careful. Don't hurt yourself. You know, like those days of just going hard and working through the pain are really over, dude. Yeah, like I, I can't even do it myself. Like if I'm in pain, I'll just take the day off. Like, oh, I'm I, not, yeah, I'm, I'm not working through no fucking pain, dude. I I'm, feel I'm chilling. I, I joke around with some of my lifters all the time because like when we were at MDUSA and Cal Strength, there was nine training sessions in a week. That is a Damn. lot. Yeah. It was a lot and it was always heavy and I feel like I physically aged like at a, like three times as fast as somebody normally would have in that in that four to five year wow. span. You wow. know, because like I'll go into the like for instance, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I did a snatch and a clean in the same workout and I, I don't hardly do that anymore. I'll do one or the other, or I won't do either, and I'll just do some squatting and pulling and pressing stuff along those lines. But I just I had got a wild hair up my ass, and I did some snatches, and mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I need to get my conditioning done. Um, I also have to do my front squat doubles. I know what I'm going to do: clean doubles on the minute. Great idea. I was <laughs> I was in so much pain, not soreness. Oh, yeah, I was in man. pain for like two days afterwards, like my knees, my hips, my ankles. I was like, what the heck? So, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, be careful. It's like every once in a while I'll, I'll get a bee in my bonnet and 
get to it. And then like two days later, I'm like, you idiot. And so I'll make a little note in my training log, like, don't do that again. Like pick one or the other and, you know, move on with it. And I've, and I've you know, progressed my workouts. If I, I'm in and out in an hour. Like it takes Dude, me. Let like, me, let me, I'm going to tell you something that is going to fuck your head up and fuck my head up. So I've been lifting weights since I was 13, dude. Yeah. 47. Yeah. I've never had a major injury. That's awesome. I've Good never tore anything. I'm I'm sure I've got like microscopic tears for days oh, on yeah, my yeah. shoulder and a few other places. But one thing that really fucked my head up was like, you know what? Everything I preached about working out, recovery or whatever, dude, I was right. Yeah. I'm here fucking 34 years, dude. Yeah. I've been lifting weights for 34 years. Never had a major injury. Yeah. Still is as strong as I was. Like, yeah. I lost a little because I lost some weight. I lost a little bit of strength. But, dude, like, my methodology works. Yeah. No, like, that, that's crazy. I could fuck. sit here 34 years later and say, dude, I, I'm just as strong as the young guys. In some cases, stronger. Yeah. Right? I've never had a major injury. I broke my elbow. That was just playing football in the street, which is totally stupid. But – Never had a torn this or this or that or none of that shit. And it's really just based on work out as hard as you can and then don't be a fucking hero. Yeah. Like if you're clean as shitty at 255, don't go to 265. Yeah, exactly. Just stay there or take some weight off and build back up. Like don't be a fucking hero all the time. Yeah. Learn to put your ego in check and learn to just, yeah. you know, respect the movement and do it the best you can. And when it breaks down, stop at that weight and either stay there or go lower. Like, right. come on, dude. And when I thought about that, it totally fucked me up. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I call it like my second training life because since, you know, I, I got drafted by the Rhinos and, um, I was like just completely destroyed physically then. I took like, you know, I, I that was the first time ever. I literally took it about a month and a half off of training. I was just like, nope, not doing anything. Like I am in such rough shape. And I tried coming back and you know, I was doing stuff a little bit, but since that point I haven't had a major significant injury or whatever because I've just been operating on what I, I call it like my eighty to ninety percent range. Like literally I have all my lifts mapped out and this is what I do with my lifters and all my athletes and stuff like that. I make them map out their 80 to 90% for whatever their lift is. And I'm like, stay in that range. Like there is no, unless you are feeling absolutely phenomenal that day, there's no reason to go outside of it. And wouldn't you know it, like the injuries have gone drastically down versus before I started implementing this, both with myself and the athletes. And like you were just saying, like, it just don't be a hero, plain and don't simple. Like hero, if, if, they, if things are breaking down, but it's, it's hard. I understand this. Like, it's frustrating to watch, but I also understand how hard it is for a younger athlete to be like, no, man, like, I got to try at least. Yeah. Like, And I'm like, trust me when I say this isn't going to end well. And then sure enough, you know, three missed attempts later, and they're getting spit out into the benches. And, you know, from a, from a clean that I told them not to attempt, they're kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it now, sort of a deal. But then, like, two weeks later, they'll be right back to it. But it's really interesting to hear that. And, you know, I, I think that's one thing that people underlook, too, when it comes to coaching. And going back to like the way, way yeah, beginning dude. of this podcast is like how many, but it's hard, dude. It's if that gym is not yours, it's hard to walk in there right. and assess anything. Well, but my, my point was just looking at the coach, like looking at, look at the coaches in terms of like, for me, I always look at weightlifting people are like, Oh, this guy's a really good coach. It's like, how many injuries has that guy's athletes have? 
Like, That's a good point. Um, are, are, are people constantly, like, posting comeback PRs and all this nonsense because they keep getting injured and stuff like that? Or do you have athletes that year after year after year make, you know, steady, sustained progress in their lifts and their competitions? Like, they're, they might not be, like, taking the world away, you know, you know, blowing the world away in their training videos that they're posting. But when it comes competition time, they're always in that top three or that top four, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, you know, and, and they're able to do it. You're, like, a person that comes to mind is Phil Sabatini. I don't know if you're going to see any of his stuff. Um, he's, I, I believe he's technically a master's athlete, but he's been involved in weightlifting in particular since before I started. Nice. And all the way till now, he is still perennially always in medal contention at national meets. And that is a that's huge awesome. time. And for weightlifting, that's unheard of. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but he's still making a little bit of progress year by year. And I wish more lifters followed that kind of uh, an approach as opposed to you see these guys like the, 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 the trained stupids and the Bulgarian every day and all this stuff. Right, it's, right, like, right. it's like I can speak from experience. I'm like the ghost of weightlifting past year. You're going to last three years, four, maybe. And then you're going to break. So it's really cool to hear all that. Now, back on the social media thing. For those who are looking to use social media to their advantage for promoting their business, what are just some tips you have for those people? I know we've talked about a lot already. you got a lot of information. Right. People, um, people's pens are probably running out. But here's the thing. Let's go back to the local hero piece. Let's yeah. go back to the community piece. Like you're not going to find your individuality online. Mm-hmm. You've got to create your individuality before you get online. Right. And then you're just using your individuality and your online presence to create a stronger message. But it all needs to make sense. Right. So when I created Afro Brutality and you came to my gym, it made sense. Oh, 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 okay, I get it. When it and then it was like strong as fuck and then all these other you know things that i was putting out there and promoting it all made sense oh sin is strong as fuck oh his his partner his training partners everybody they're all strong as fuck look at them oh this is just ridiculous these guys are walking into the gym cold and and squatting 500 oh i get it oh that's strong as fuck right so we i created a culture that made sense like everything made sense right and that's how you know the difference between these guys that are real online and the, these guys are just fronting. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, when you're real, you don't always have to say it. Like, it, it's just who you are. Oh, you're real. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, oh, I'm fucking real all the time. Like, you may have to remind people, but if you're constantly, oh, I'm the strongest, I'm the this, I'm the that, I mean, that's an insecurity. And yeah. you're projecting that online. So... If you really want to start and be good at this and progress and use on, you know, your online presence to promote that, I'm all for that. For sure. But you can't go to the internet first to create your personality. You've got to create your personality and then display that on the internet. And people are doing it backwards. Right. So people are going to the most popular let's say weightlifters and they're saying, well, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Oh, okay. I'm going to do that too. So they're just copycatting the popular people instead of creating their own popularity. Right. And in some cases, unfortunately it works because again, video killed the radio star. So it's like, you know, you've got a six pack, you've got a 12 pack, you're posting every day. People are naturally assuming you got this 12 pack or six pack because of the workouts that you're posting every day. And it that doesn't work either. But, you know, again, people 
are believing this based on aesthetics. Right. They're not believing it based on real proof. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the bad part of the internet as well. But if you want to create your, you've got to create your style or who you are or your persona before you get to the internet. Absolutely. You can't do it on the internet. By then it's too late. Right. And you've got to try to find, you know, you are, you, the only way to truly be original and stay original is to stay in your community and focus on those things that you're passionate about that's going to help you and in turn help your community. Right. If you're just self-imposing all the time and you're this, and I'm so great and da-da-da-da-da, like people are going to get bored of that eventually. Oh, absolutely. Because you've got to constantly kind of back that up. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. people want to constantly see that you're the best or you're this or you're that and there's always going to be the next guy the younger guy the stronger guy the guy from wherever that is better than you or stronger than you or faster or looks better whatever like right. but if you create your persona and then use social media to just kind of put it out there or publish it that's different right. but people are doing it backwards they're going to the internet and then just copying whoever's popular Right. That's yeah. That's pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I can't add anything to that. That's great. Um, so, you know, what's next for you? Like you taught you when you first said, I said, well, how you doing, man? You're like everything or whatever you said. To me. <laughs> like what's next for Afro brutality? Let's talk a little bit well, more here's about the you. Thing, Let's dude. talk about I'm, sin. I'm all in the unknown right now. Yeah. So last year, right around April, I got that BuzzFeed piece. Yeah. And from there, I got contacted by NBC. And then I've been trying to put together a TV show, actually a few TV shows. And I'm writing and, and managing and doing all this shit. But I'm in the total unknown, dude. Like, I, I've never done any of this stuff. So the learning curve is, you know, bigger than I expected. It's taking longer to yield a profit off of it. But right. I'm in the media space. So For I'm sure. really... I've taken Alpha Brutality. I'm, I'm creating media content from it. Absolutely. So I've I've strayed kind of from the it's a clothing brand kind of thing. I still have some clothing brand stuff, but yeah. I've got to see it in a bigger direction. I For want sure. it to last longer, and the only way to do that is to have you know good media content and create media content. Oh, absolutely, so absolutely. That's what I've been doing, dude. Yeah. So where do you see all this going, dude? Um, how how long do you think the current model <clears throat> can last? Um, how do you see your – how does your part play a role in where the current model is going and how the evolution goes? I mean, obviously, you've been ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Um, do you continue yeah. to see that going? Like, where, just where do you see this whole fitness industry heading? It's a great question. It's uh, too early to tell. Like there's gonna, there's already been a huge shakeup in CrossFit. It's just gonna keep shaking it up, shaking up, shaking up, and it's because of a few entities that we've seen over the last year. There's this thing called Class Pass. I don't know if you have that in Illinois, but yeah, they, we have that here. It's in the city, but not out. <clears> and it, it feeds into people's inability to commit. Yeah. So instead of you know, you got one gym, you're there all the time. Hey, I take the 630 class. Hey, I take the, this class. You know, you've got people in the city that are doing CrossFit on Mondays or doing spin on Tuesday, yoga on Wednesday. They're doing run on Thursday. Like this crazy shit. Yeah. 
And it's going to stay like that for a minute um, until people get in these gym facilities get better at attending to people's needs customarily. Right. So until people can get in a workout and get exactly what they want from this particular facility or location, they're just going to keep switching around and, and doing all these things. Right. But until we can figure out a way to keep people fit uh, within one facility and have that one facility just specialize in something and then have someone down the block specialize – Everyone's trying to do everything, yeah. you know, instead of people just staying in their lane and specializing and then maybe adding on other things. People are just trying to do everything and trying to outdo the gym down the block. Right. And it just doesn't work like that. So people are going to need to batten down. The, this, this is my suggestion. People batten down the hatches, specialize in something, Shake out all those people that don't want to commit to one particular methodology. Yeah. Um, have your place, you know, make money in and in not just in membership, but in another way um, so that they're not worried about the, you know, peaks and valleys that every gym goes through in terms of membership where, oh, all these people are here now and then they leave and then they're back and then they leave. And you've got to figure out another way to make your money consistent while the shift in uh, the fitness industry continues to go. Nice. Because you got some people doing SoulCycle, and then now there's like three other companies that are going directly after SoulCycle, and then yeah. there's CrossFit, and you've got companies that are going directly after CrossFit, and then there's your Globo Gym or, you know, your Goals Gym, and, you know, like it's no one's playing well in the sandbox together. No. Everyone's trying to be everything right. to every member. Right. And that's just not how this works. Yeah. You know, we have specialties. You know, this guy specializes in running. I specialize in weightlifting. You specialize in yoga. Like, that's the way it should be. Right. It shouldn't be everyone's trying to offer everything because then you never specialize in anything. Right. If you're always trying to offer everything. Absolutely. So my suggestion is find something you're passionate about, batten down the hatches, you know, Worry about a business model where you only need like maybe 50 to 75 or 100 people to not just break even, but to pay your staff and pay your location yeah. and all of that. And then just batten down the hatches. Don't, you know, feed into trying to offer everything to everyone. If your members are leaving because you don't offer yoga, fuck it. Yeah. Find the members that want what you have to offer. And don't and, and try to figure out how to be part of their life, not every part of their life. You don't need to be every part of their life. You could just be one part of their life. Oh, hey, I want to learn how to lift weights. And maybe they're not. None of us are going to create a gym that people are going to be there for the rest of their lives. You know, we have a gym. They're going to be there for a few years, a year or so or whatever. And they're going to move on. We all did. Yeah. Like I did so many different types of fitness and then I moved on. Like, yeah. You know, your typical member is going to go through the same thing. So you've got to creatively stay in the game, figure out what's next, figure out if you want to even offer what's coming next in fitness, yeah. you know, because a lot of this shit now, it's still in boutique fitness. So still like these smaller boutiques and just stay there. And maybe multiply that. Boxing is still big and self-defense and punching the bag is big. You know, like, but you don't have to have 
a CrossFit gym that also has a punching bag. Like, yeah. you could just be CrossFit. Right, <laughs> absolutely. You don't have to offer all these things. But here's the thing. Because you're trying to get 5,000 square feet, 10,000, 20,000, and have all the toys, right, you think that's what, you know, your members want or your customers want. But it may not be what they want or need. And it's up to you to figure out what they want or need and figure out if you want to offer that. And you've got to figure out a way while the fitness industry is still shaking up, you've got to figure out a way to make money from your members or with your facility that has nothing to do with direct membership. You've got to figure something else out while the industry is still shaking up. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, we're going to end on that. All right, we're going to take a break real quick. Uh, with a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to go into the lightning round. You ready for some good questions? Yes, sir. All right. What's one thing you use every training session? One thing that if you changed for under $10 would have an immediate effect on your training. For myself and my lifters, that was upgrading to Hand Armor Chalk. Hand Armor, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting, is professional-grade stuff. We keep it old school in the gym with their block chalk, but for me personally, I'm a huge fan of their liquid chalk. I use it whenever I'm throwing as a base glare before I tape up my hands, and it's a total game changer. It's completely mess-free, long-lasting, antimicrobial, and most importantly, gives me a great grip for my entire training session. I love this stuff and recommend you give it a try. The block chalk just starts at $3 and the liquid chalk under $7. Plus, if you use code AGENDA at checkout, you get an additional 10% off. HandArmorChalk.com. Go get yours now. All right, lightning round time. So, Sim, these questions, um, they have nothing to do with anything. They're not subject matter related. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you the question, and you give me the first response that comes to your head, all right? I got a couple questions for you here. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, first one up, what was your favorite Power Ranger? The old school Power Rangers, like the very first, you know. Red uh, Power Ranger. Red, why? It's just the dominant color, dude. I always remembered that guy. Yeah, absolutely. So you were a big fan of the Tyrannosaurus that he rode around? Or he, absolutely, he sir. He did it, he piloted it, whatever he did. Okay. <laughs> um, next question. If there was one state in the entire United States, like you had a big old map, and the states were like little buttons, and you push the button, and that state disappears forever, what state are you getting rid of and why? Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, man. Plenty of people have been offended um, by this question. Don't worry about it. Probably, I don't know, some backwater place like, I don't know, Iowa or some shit. <laughs> that's still – well, there's also places in Florida that are just backwater as yeah. fuck, dude. And I don't know – so I, I don't know those places. But like the Everglades or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like – I got to get rid of some of those those people that are still living in another century. You know yeah. what I mean? Iowa. All right. Some of my lifters won't be a fan of that, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> another popular one is uh, Wyoming or South Dakota. I'm like, all right. Woo! Like, they're just like, get rid of it. There's nothing there. Right. All right. <laughs> all right. If you were a WWE wrestler, what's your name going to be? What is your walkout music? Uh, it'll be Original Sin. Nice. And my walkout music is... Uh, Get the fuck out of here. You know, some song that says, like, get the fuck out of here or fuck you, you dick or some, yep. some bo- bo- anger music. Bonus, bonus additional question. What is your what is your, your your ring gear look like? Are you flashy with the robes? Are you not? Do you watch any wrestling now? I don't. Oh, okay. I would be in uh, all black. Yeah. Almost, and I would have like an executioner hood. Nice. Okay. That's, that's really, the only reason I ask is there's a, there's a tag team right now. 
that has gone a little bit to the darker, like gangster side or whatever. And I, I, I could see that being your. They come out with like that totally, they come, totally, they come, totally. They come out with the grills and they have their. Oh, like, I love it. They have the USO penitentiary. It's pretty funny. Ah, oh, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Now that, we're talking. That, that's definitely something I see. All right. Uh, next question. So you're sitting at a bar having a drink. All right. Penguin walks in with a sombrero. You guys turn around and make eye contact. What does he say to you? Oh, damn. Say that again. So you're sitting at a bar having a drink with some buddies. Okay. The door chimes, rings, whatever. Saloon style, you hear the door. Turn around. It's a penguin wearing a sombrero. You, as soon as you guys make eye contact, what does he say to you? Uh, Give me a drink. <laughs> You're just going to buy it? No, no questions asked? You're just going to buy a talking penguin in a sombrero uh, drink? Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. You can be any color in a Crayola crayon box. What color are you going to be? Jesus Christ. These are deep, man. Um, These are I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Some kind of uh, like caramel brownish type. <laughs> all right. All right. And then last question. And this, yes. one, this one's this one's one of my – I got asked this on a podcast, so I added it to our lightning round questions. You can walk up to one person one person in the entire world and you come up to them you just kick them square in the shin no questions asked no punishment no penalty no nothing who would it be and why fuck (laughs) (laughs) um square in the because you because you know that's gonna hurt yeah especially especially you you probably got some power behind that kick so yeah, I would kick. Who am I kicking in the shin? I think I'm kicking Warren Buffett right in the fucking shin. Nice, nice. There you go. Any reason in particular? Just because it's Warren Buffett. He just has too much fucking money, dude. Like, <laughs> just not happy. People with that much money should be helping other people. I, I I'm just could, saying. All right, I can get behind that. All right. So that's all I have for lightning round questions. If people want to reach out, follow, uh, see what you were about, plug time, where can what, what are the best ways for them to get a hold of you or to, to see what you're doing? Um, Afro Brutality on Instagram is the easiest way. Yep. Um, I try to put as much as I can there. I have other, I have my own personal one, Mr. Sin, and then I have Afro Brutality Kitchen and a few other things that I'm doing. But uh, Afro Brutality is probably the easiest. Speaking of the Afro Brutality quit kitchen random off there are you doing keto now yeah okay i've been doing it nice about I, a year I, I i like a lot of the stuff i do keto it's hard dude it's it's very hard it's very well, so hard. so i teach during the day and right. the teacher's lounge always has some sort of cakes and cookies in there every day and it's i hard, dude. and i go in there just to get my coffee and i walk in there and i'm just like you know and i just turn right around walk right back out sometimes i i ha, I, I can't fight it and i indulge a little bit but uh, keto is very hard. I was just curious. I like a lot of the stuff. Some of the the fat bomb and the sweet treats and stuff that you've posted. Oh yeah, um, fuck yeah. I, I I I save those for later to make and stuff like that. I, I enjoy those posts a lot. Um, dude, thank you very much. This is a great episode. I can't wait to get this um you know put out for everybody. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime. We'll find some other topics. Obviously, we'll have no shortage of things to talk about. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening to Strength Agenda Radio. Be sure to visit strengthagendaradio.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover exclusive offers and resources for our listeners. Until next time, train hard, lift heavy.